Hey, this is Dr. Trek, Larry Nimichek. And this is Johnny Steverson. From the Enterprise in Space team, and you're listening to the Engage Podcast. Incoming transmission. Hello, welcome to this edition of Engage Podcast. I'm Simon. I'm Jamie. And I'm Phil. And today we're talking Enterprise in Space with Larry, and soon we'll be talking to Johnny Steveson, who is the Deputy... Deputy... Programs Manager. Programs Manager. Thank you, Phil. Um... But for the uh, DPM, as we call him, not or the technical term, <laughs> yes. Um, but before we met, um, met, we meet Johnny. We're losing it today, but hey, never mind. We're going <laughs> to talk to Larry about all of his other projects, aren't we? So over to you, Larry. Oh, okay. I think I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. Wave and on, let me, Boom. <laughs> yeah, let me uh, let me get this. This book is so heavy off the shelf. Let me get it. Boom. <laughs> Okay. Oh. No. <laughs> well, first off, yeah. Oh, funk. Okay. <laughs> the handy dandy short instruction manual. No. Um, no, guys. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for having me back on. And can I say it's great to see the podcast take off the way it has. Thank and, you. Uh, yeah. And uh, I really enjoyed getting to know, uh, getting to see everybody at uh, Destination uh, London last year. And um, I should tell everybody there that if they don't know already. I've uh, it's been a it's been a pleasure to be invited back for two conventions in the UK next spring and maybe some more kind of like on a tour situation. So first contact days is the home base and then some and then um, Scarborough sci-fi after that and then maybe one or two more. So anyway, maybe sooner than later, we'll, we'll um, hopefully see you at first contact. day. We're going to try and make it next year. Yeah, we'll be yeah, raising... I'm gonna make sure I've got that time off work, so I'm definitely okay. gonna get there. <laughs> Can't say there's not fair warning. So. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. true. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but that's uh, that's great. And so, yeah, um, Enterprise in Space, you know, has been quietly launched, and then we've just been kind of gathering steam because it's been a grassroots thing, and it has from the beginning. It has been for three or four years even before they pulled me into it, but it's. I was the first they, – they were all about the rocket science and the education end of this thing, which is putting an orbiter into space, into orbit, named Enterprise, which would be cool and honor not just Star Trek and Gene Roddenberry, but you know all the hopeful, optimistic, forward, future-looking sci-fi that has inspired everyone and yep. that everyone thinks, well, duh, of course we're going to do that. You know, <laughs> forgetting the name it anything other but the Enterprise, let's be honest. Well, that's true. That's it true. It could be but, anything else. But not just be for Star Trek, but be for Heinlein and and Asimov and all the you know all the uh, non-apocalyptic, non-post-Holocaust. <laughs> it's exciting and dramatic, but it's not exactly the way people like to look to the future as. Hopefully, so so that. But also um, the people that said uh, Sean Case, the founder, hey. Uh, don't just have it be like a stunt or an inflatable thing and say, oh, look, it's an Enterprise in orbit, you know, but um, have it have it rocket. do something. Yes, have yeah, it be a yeah. proper rocket and have it do something. And so the idea to have the student experiments or student projects from all across the spectrum, science, we call it STEAM now, science, technology, engineering, arts, and math, um, and have it be worldwide and have yeah. it be, you know, crowdfunded on a very, dem- you know, populist grassroots Small D democratic scale, and um, you know, as, as Sean says, uh, twenty dollars from two million people would get it, and and just all the people that have partnered already on the tech side and the teaching side. But the upshot was, 
they had been working for three or four years on this, and then about uh, just meeting along, meeting along, meeting along, and then I was the first promo person they pulled in about three months before they wanted to launch, and I was like, oh, uh, guys, okay. you, you you need more than me. <laughs> I, I was I was actually gonna yeah I was actually gonna ask you how how your involvement when you actually started in the project and I was actually gonna ask sort of how it how it came about and and where it sort of came from but obviously yeah. we'll uh, we're better asking other, better asking uh, Johnny maybe. Well, no, I mean Johnny's no Johnny came in after me. Oh right, so, yeah, it's been, it's been an evolving. <laughs> Larry was there first. How dare you? How dare you, sir? No, um, no, don't forget it. Uh, no, they the the what I'm getting at is like the nuts and bolts, and the ed- education and outreach people had all been meeting for a long time, and about a year ago, and this, this is Sean Case, who's he's a IT webmaster guy in Oregon, just ordinary fan watching Next Generation one week about five years ago, four years ago, turns it off and says, "Gee, it's too bad there never was a real enterprise in space," since you know the the space shuttle enterprise, which got a lot of attention and fanfare, was just a test ship in the end, right? It didn't have yeah. engines. It was a dropship. So there's never actually been an enterprise in space yet. So although a proud line even before Star Trek, the, the different ships, there was a balloon, an Explorer balloon in the 1800s named Enterprise even. So um, uh, that was his idea, and it wound up by t- – he's a, he's a pervasive type, <laughs> persuasive <laughs> too, and he wound up with – NASA and uh, superstar education people like Lynn Zielinski, who's the education chief, who is like a two-time NASA Science Educator of the Year, many other awards, already overseen student projects on space shuttle missions and on on ground or launch vehicle missions with student experience. So we can talk about all that when Johnny's on. But um, So Sean reached out to me about a year ago or a year and a half ago now just to be on their board of advisors. Hey, would you be – a name person that's supporting us. And I said, sure. And then about a year ago, almost, he said, would you actually be on our team? We need someone to, to be our like spokesperson and go out to the cons and talk to a lot of the celebrities about, you know, being, you know, about what we're doing for their support and talking to the fans. Mm. And I said, well, I'm an, I was a NASA kid before I was a Trek, you know, fan. Yeah. So I, you know, I can go to sci-fi cons and Trek cons, but also, you know, I don't mind going to space conferences and all that. I don't have any degrees in science, but <laughs> I'm sure, you know, as as um, amateurly interested in, in all that. And I would like to think I brought a little bit of of uh, of astronomy awareness to all the star charts and star, you know, stellar cartography projects that I've done over the years. Yeah, so you, need, you, know. you don't exactly need a degree to turn your neck ninety degrees. So. Well, no. <laughs> Well, and there's plenty of sidewalk astronomers, you know, and lots of space people and rockets and model rocketeers. And there's lots, there's so many, you know, just everyday Janes and Joes who love the space program and love space and love the idea of going into the future. You know, they're intelligent about it. So, so that's what I'm, I was aboard to do. And, uh, and I, you know, plus I've had a fair career in PR and reporting and news and social media well, really? and all that. Yeah, too, so. know, there's hardly anyone who's heard of you, haven't they? No. <laughs> I know. Please, guys, help me. So, but you know, like EIS, you can never. I used to when we had our convention way back in Oklahoma City. It's like, guys, you can never assume you've reached everybody. There's always another. Well, it started to sound bad. I started, there's always <laughs> another rock you can turn over and find more people. That sounds like they're all just roly polies, but um, yeah. <laughs> there's always more people out there. Never assume you've got. So we've got. So without having a ton of money to throw at it, we did not have a huge launch for EIS, but we've had a rolling launch, and it's just kind of been a 
you know, uh, you know, rolling down, you know, uh, we're going to have an avalanche of support by the time this snowball reaches the bottom of the hill. So, um, and that's what Johnny and that's what a lot of other people coming aboard are, are up for doing. So it, it, we were a little slow getting out of the gate last year with the summer cons. So we actually launched it with the website in October, November, but it's been a, a gradual buildup since then. And now we're into convention season and uh, I'm going to be doing a lot more outreach. And we have some some really exciting things coming up where you, or who we're pitching to. It is a crowdfunded thing, global. We had the uh, design contest was global. The, all the education outreach and the competition to be one of the 100 projects aboard uh, from kindergarten through graduate school people, students. Uh, that will be global as well as as many languages as we can get the curriculum material translated into. So, and, and so that's fair, that was a really, really good idea, actually uh, engaging them that way because I mean, that, that yeah. gives you that arm to then go into the schools and, 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 and launch it that way and get right. the students and the teachers in, in, involved and everything else. Yeah, and Which is why it. I wanted to come aboard the Engage podcast. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and, you know, also going through all these different cultures and in these different languages, again, it's that, it's that idea that Star Trek has of obviously you know embracing everything and instead you're that way you're obviously reaching you're reaching a much wider audience as well so right right and again we love it was inspired directly by Star Trek but we emphasize that you know it's like whatever you're inspired and we say sci fact yeah. science fiction and we say sci fact and people who yeah just love getting up if you go back that far for the Mercury and the Gemini and the Apollo moon landings. And if your family dropped everything to come watch the launches or watch the footage back when they were covered, you know, like 24 seven, um, that excitement is what, and, and that's why reaching out to the school kids or some older school kids, uh, it, it and their parents, there, Apollo moment to be, to be there like moon landing, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Because they obviously they learn about all that sort of like the moon landings, all that sort of thing in school. So it's 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 a, you know it's a brilliant way to revisit that and re inspire them, isn't it? Well, I'm I'm right. very 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 envious of, of of you guys as well. Because I mean, in in fairness, for the people, so for me, Cy and Jamie are people of children of our age or, or adults of our age, should we say? We we the only thing we had at the time was the I can remember the 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 solar eclipse. I can remember yeah. all the excitement of all of that, and I, oh, I was, yeah. what ten or or, or or twelve or something Nine, along those lines. Too. Nine, thank you. And that's the only real excitement of our time that we've had. But this 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 is it's really it's quality. It's just yeah yeah. <laughs> this is just such a cool thing. Yeah, and the kick. So there's no Kickstarter, but there is a crowdfunded thing. And Sean also wanted it to be. You know what? I should save some of this for when um, Johnny comes on. <laughs> yeah, because otherwise so we're going to run out. Of the bloody I was going to say because you know? I wanted to get excited about it, but I, I should just say real quick on the uh, on the old uh, Trekland side of things that it's con season, and um, I already mentioned looking forward to getting over the UK next year, but. Um, what are you uh, yeah, up to now, Larry? That's the question, well, we, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Any <laughs> What's happening now? You can tell us, well, I'll you know? tell you. Here's some secret stuff. Here's some secret. So Ooh. one thing is we're wrapping up the Con of Wrath, my documentary about the real life, you know, mega crazy meltdown event that happened in Star Trek fandom. Um, very, you know, it's been just topical here. It's been a very sad year. We've lost Leonard. We've lost yeah. Harv Bennett, who is on. Um, Who's on camera for me for the Con of Wrath, and uh, also we talked about some other things. I have footage of him talking about in his career. We lost Grace Lee this year. It's just like, come on, guys, let's make it to the fiftieth. And we yeah. had the scare just last week here recently well, with Michelle. Yeah, yeah. Well, Michelle, but yeah, apparently, but... you know, so far, you know, knock wood that that she's doing well. It was Especially. a milestone. But we were all we were thrilled. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything yeah. is. They're looking at the tests, and um, 
We were lucky to have her on camera just in March and, you know, blessed to have her for the documentary and well, to was, visit with her, you know, yeah, close up. It was well. also a bit scary for us. So, uh, probably, Jamie, sorry, Jamie, you were just about to say how we, what we, what we, gone. Yeah, I was just you. about to say it was really lovely actually meeting her at uh, EMCon mm. back in March, uh, getting her autograph. She was really lovely. Oh, yeah, she is. She is. And, uh, and she's a backer of Enterprise in Space, too, I should say. And we have a she video. She is, yeah. Yeah, we had a video. We were just about to come out, and now we're kind of just holding back, making sure it's, well, it's yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's probably, yeah, yeah. But her words, her words are on the endorsement page, and we, you know, we thank her for that and all that. But um, as far as my good old Trekland stuff, uh, so the Connor Rath is wrapping up. We're trying to wrap it up this year. Um, the summer cons are coming up, and you know, here in the states, San Diego Comic Con and Trek Vegas. Uh, you guys should try to come over some year maybe next year with the big 50th just going on insane i know that's a big thing for anybody coming across the pond but um there's nothing it's quite like that of, it's a kind of simon peck moment if we're going to do that we'd probably like <laughs> <laughs> right way to describe it for a great yeah but the thing is you don't like paul jamie you don't like the film paul <laughs> you're gonna i was gonna say no. you're gonna write a script on your way over here for the next i didn't movie. i didn't hate it i just didn't think it was as good as it could have been but i didn't i didn't hate no, that. Gonna we just point the out something really obvious here Gone. You have got a Simon going. Ah, well, I'm big enough to be Nick uh, Frost. So, <laughs> <laughs> does that make Jamie Paul then? That makes Jamie Paul. <laughs> well, am I being Merlin? That's fine. Sounds different. I'm not it's probing time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust Jamie to get the one button of every joke again. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. Gonna have to, well, now I finally got the podcast, the uh, Engage podcast, pegged. Then, okay. <laughs> yeah, you got it now, Dan. You know what we're all about now. <laughs> yeah. So, so just brief because I want to get Johnny on, but um, you know that's happening. Um, stellar cartography is still out there, and I'm still happy to sign one when people get one. <laughs> um, uh, Star Trek continues. We just premiered our new episode. There was Wait, a I weird am... snafu when uh, the YouTube copy was pulled down, but CBS said we had nothing to do with it. And they're getting it back up, which is kind of weird. Yeah, because but... I need to watch that. I, yeah. I really quite like that. I've got I've, a, I've watched a, the episodes. It's really good. It's a softer side one, but you know they've all been different. And I'm thrilled to be on as a as as remaining on as a creative consultant after I was McCoy in the first couple. And the the fifth one's really shot and done, and it'll be out sometime in the fall. And then we're looking at shooting another one in the in October, number six already, and wow. moving on with that. And um, uh, what is going on? Of course, my 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 LarryNimichek.com and all that's still up there. And the vid- I'm so behind on putting uh, video chats up, and I've got so much stuff, good stuff with people uh, to put up. But here's the thing, um, guys. I'm going to be. It can't be announced until for sure until like July August. But I did go back in front of the cameras and um, reprise something from Star Trek for a really fun. Uh, oh, moment. Oh yes, but it, oh, but it won't. It won't I, be out until uh, later. So I, um, I know what you're referring to. I know you what... do. Mm. Be quiet, Simon. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> yes. saying what. You, but I know what you're referring to. Please we got loose lip syncing ships or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but um, but that's happening. That. And uh, that. and I've been working on a, uh, my burgeoning verse over a voiceover career. And uh, you know, always appreciate help on that. And so, any yeah, so so go over, get on my um, newsletter. My oh, the Trekland trunk, which is if you want to get some of my archival things, I'm letting go of. Um, just That's, get on the face. I'm Facebook, always continuously Twitter. 
uh, to um, follow Friday in that, so yeah. <laughs> they should be familiar with that yeah. quite a lot. Mm. Okay. Much all the engaged podcast listeners should, yeah, should be. They, they tend to kind of just beam. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. Okay. Well, we hope. We hope. <laughs> well, um, one of the questions I wanted to quickly ask just before Johnny comes in. I mean, I'm, I, my, my, my kind of not goal, but my part of this podcast is is a new fan. I mean, I've not been a fan that long, and I kind of got into this from from the new films of the Star Trek, the J.J. Abrahams verse, and I, I was just keen to know what your thoughts are for A, the third the third film, and B, what your real thoughts are for the the second, third, and what you really felt of them, and whether they were what you thought they were going to be, and anything else. Yeah, well, you know, after I got over the choice they made to go with the alternate universe, which I get in some ways, I'm I, I, over time I've come to appreciate them doing that. If if you know, it's kind of like in the prevailing mix of politics and egos and everything, and, and and where the world was and where people were. But these all came out of the mindset of 2006, which is already ages ago. And back then it was like, oh, Star Trek is tired. All these other shows have gotten tired we have to re- we have to go back to the roots and that was like the the thought which i didn't agree with then because the fan films were exploding and the fan films were not just about kirk spock and mccoy they were all over the place but that was what happened and in hindsight i'm glad they did that rather than put star trek through another you know superman batman superheroes uh you know sherlock holmes reboot yeah because it and would end up being people... the same things three three or four times over like they did with well, Starman. There are people that say, well, what's so special about Star Trek? Because everything else has been rebooted. And I will argue that, not just argue, I'm just pointing it out. I'm just saying what it is. People don't stop at all. Star Trek is the only thing, aside from Star Wars, I guess, which itself has found its way to evolve, like Doctor Who or something has a built-in yeah. evolution where you just go to different. You know, but Star Trek, when you talk about Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, it did not start on the page. It did not start with drawn pictures. It was not a novel. It was not a comic book. It was those human beings inhabiting those actors mm. in that time. And that alone, more than any other you – know, so, well, so did Star Wars. So did Doctor Who. Well, Doctor Who was meant to regenerate. It was a built-in evolutionary process. Mm. Star Wars had those iconic characters too, and they, those actors will eventually age and not, you know, be lo- no longer with us. And, but they've obviously evolved the Star Trek universe – the sandbox of that, if you will. Yeah, they, they, they built it. You can go to different corners and go there. And until Next Generation, that's the other genius end of the equation, is Next Generation got us, even though people were griping about it at the beginning and not accepting, some, you know, that, that loud faction that said, I don't care if Gene did start it. I'm not watching Next Generation because it's not Kirk Spock McCoy. But the bigger picture soon became, oh, look, we've made this expanded frame. Now we can go to these other corners of this universe. We can even go to the different levels of this, you know, which is what the alternate universe is. We can go to these other levels of the sandbox and the corners and go there, different times, different places, and now different dimensions. And and that's good because by doing that, even though it seemed odd at first, the prime is still going out there. So, you know, anybody in the future, anybody in comics or books or whatever, it's all still valid. We can still keep which, you know, the online game, all of that's still happening, official. Fan films and fiction and unofficial sources still feel free to play in the prime. Some people, you know, love the JJ verse. Some people have used it as an entree. I say the JJ movies are the best gateway drug that anything ever had because yeah, people, yeah, I mean, that's what attracted me. You know, so that and so, but I and then for three, I just have gotten an idea that of their think tank. You know, uh, Bob Orsi is the most fanish of all of them. Alex Kurtzman not far behind, although he wasn't going to write the third movie. Um, 
And but JJ always was there as director to JJify everything. And I'm not I'm not judging that. I'm just saying that's what the reality was. As a director does, when they're not you know the scriptwriter and director both. And um, um, I was looking forward to seeing what Bob did on his own, pretty much as lead writer and then also as director. And I know that made a lot of people nervous and a lot of people. Were just, I was looking forward to it. And now I'm kind of looking because I think they've got a sense of what worked and didn't work. And I think there was some nuggets of good stuff, including a theme, including a good old Star Trek social message. But I yeah. think it was just so buried by the noise and the lights instead, as I and the action. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is it was noisy action. Uh, I think it was so buried that it I it wasn't until the second go that I went, oh, there was like a morality in there. A fable, uh, you know, there was a, a theme in there about preemptive war and drones and, you know, um, robot killing and all that. And it was an Orsi type message for Star Trek, but it was just so buried, you know. So I, so, so now this, it's a fresh take. I think they're all very sensitive. They've cut the budget back. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see what maybe less is more happens. But I just know the feeling that they're under the gun now with that big change when they replaced writers and directors. Yeah, and with uh, the 50th way, anniversary, the pressure's gonna really going to be on. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're backed into a corner like the motion picture was, which, you know, they're kind of like racing the clock with their backs to a wall. And I hope mm. that doesn't that doesn't adversely affect what they might otherwise do. So, yeah, yeah. so that's my two cents. I, I, in a way, I'm almost more excited for this movie than I was the first two <laughs> because now <laughs> it's the finals. And we're yeah, going to see. It, it's make or break, isn't it? It's make or break. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Brilliant. Hang on. <laughs> you want to ask that for a while, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I've been, I've been, that's been building up for a long time. I've, I've, it was one of the things I wanted to ask you at the convention, but you never, we didn't go along that way of conversation. So I'm uh, glad I finally got it. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Phew. Okay, the world can start spinning now. No. <laughs> yep. yep, I can move on with my life. <laughs> and we can move on and back to... I'll never wash this ear again. Okay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so... I think move back to the Enterprise in space, and I think it's about time to welcome in um, Johnny. Would you say? Yeah, you're just going to have him beam in, or come in an airlock? Uh, I think you should come through an airlock with Scotty opening it. <laughs> no, beaming is better. Oh, okay, just for safety, I guess safety. Yes, it's harder to be pushed out of transporter than it is to be yeah. pushed. Airlock. Should we all make the noises? When he comes in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please do. <laughs> Johnny, are you there? <laughs> oh, the cat because he's coming all the way from you know south of Houston. So, <laughs> good after good afternoon, everyone. Hello, hey. Hey. hi, Johnny. Welcome on the podcast. He's doing anything? No, yeah, might be time right. today. Here we are. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. There Come we on. go. There we are. I was going to say, as many Skype team calls as we have with like 10, 15 people on the line for EIS, this should be a no brainer. (laughs) Yep. No brainer for me for sure. In fact, I'm a a fan of Skype for sure. Yep. (laughs) Just get that annular confinement beam down and you're good to go. Beaming. (laughs) We were discussing how to bring you in, whether through an airlock or beaming. I suggested beaming because I think an airlock, where you normally tuck people out of airlocks, you don't really let them in. 
Yes, I love those Voyager screenshots people use of uh, Species A472 blasting out of the airlock when they usually kick people out of groups, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't know, Johnny. I haven't been kicked out of too many groups myself. <laughs> you've only watched people kick me. Kick me. I've read. <laughs> <laughs> or you've been the kicker. <laughs> it's all, yeah. <laughs> More like a plunger myself. Goodbye. (laughs) But um, Larry gave us a a brief description of what you do. But would you like to tell everyone what you, how you define what you do? Yeah, we we kind of set up Enterprise in space a little bit, but I wanted to save most of it for when you were in on the mix. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I do a lot of NASA stuff, and through that, I found out about um, Enterprise in space, this amazing project that I've been part of for about a year now with Larry. And um, it, um, it is quite a multifaceted project. It's something that was born out of the love for Star Trek, which obviously we're all Star Trek fans here. Yeah. Um, and um, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Star Wars. <laughs> I thought this is a Star Wars podcast, isn't it? It was. It's my shout out to Life of Brian, guys. Come on, you're supposed to be the Brits. Okay. (laughs) And so, um, you know, in a a nutshell, um, here I am on this amazing project through, you know, my NASA connections. And I'm a huge Star Trek fan. You know, I've I've been a a space nut and a space... uh, space camp since I was a kid. And then, you know, growing up, I grew up on the next generation and... um, just a huge Star Trek fan, so it's an absolute pleasure to be involved with this project and get to deal with Larry all the time. And um... <laughs> oh, really, no, I thought we would have screwed over by now. <laughs> uh, yeah, the punt, you know, the punt, the kick out the airlock. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, I was, I was telling them how it started with Sean being a fan and wound up with all these amazing people involved. I mentioned Lynn. I, I hadn't gone down the rest of the team, and I, guys, did we talk about? I mean, I was on your show once before, but we didn't get to EIA. It was just kind of a glance, right? I don't want to. I, right, I do want to point but... out this is the first time we've had you on. It's the first time you had us on. Oh, that's right, that's right. That's right. I don't know. We, we been on met at the Destination Star Trek Free, and you technically were on the show when you did the soundbite for us. Oh, okay, that's <laughs> so what you, that's are, what yes. you yes, meant. Yes, you were correct. Well, you correct. said that. You You're said that. And I thought. I thought you guys were like having your. This is like your brand new first few rollout episodes. So, so good. Well, no, I just didn't want to go on and on about some of the amazing people on the team. And you know, and Johnny too. With if we'd already talked about that, but I, I mentioned Lynn. Uh, we uh, Fred Becker is a uh, I say retired, but I don't mean like he's sitting in his rocking chair retired. He's he he's an engineer that worked on things from the late shuttles and the Apollo Soyuz um, all the way through his last project before EIS was the the Pluto New Horizons that just arrived at Pluto. So Fred's our chief engineer. Uh, we've got two program managers, project managers who have have. Alice Hoffman has worked with billion-dollar projects, um, the expansion of O'Hare Airport in Chicago and the Soldier Field expansion, the stadium in, in Chicago. And um, all these people, uh, they all are great in their field, well, except me, but they're all great in their field, but they're also – the binding thing is they're Star Trek, they're sci-fi, they're, they're positive future sci-fi you know, fans yeah, and and anybody that comes along, yeah. And so anybody that comes along, or even people who are on the board of advisors, um, uh, you know, or people who have endorsed, everybody's got that common thread, and they're just bringing their their day job 
and all the facets any, we need. How do you get yeah. anything done? Do you, should you just walk, turn up in the morning, you, you get your coffee pot on, you start talking about Star Trek and which episode and this and that, and did you actually get any work done by that point with that many fans about? I don't know, Johnny, do you ever get any work done? <laughs> well, I don't know. I guess I never really pay attention because I'm always asking you Star Trek questions. <laughs> well, it's a it's it's a good thing that we're, it's a good thing that we're scattered all all over. Well, four time zones, maybe, and some around the globe. So that's a helpful thing. When you, when you talk, when you're asking Star Trek questions, the rest of the world just passes you by. <laughs> oh, I wish. I wish that's all the world did. <laughs> and then slip me a fiver for it or something. I, yeah, yeah. Every time the word Star Trek was mentioned, yeah. 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 Oh, ding. Okay, here's the cookie jar. Okay. Uh, no, it's it's um, like I said. They actually had been working before Johnny or I were involved. They had been working on, you know, the <laughs> that old phrase about well, it's hardly rocket science. Well, this is, but <laughs> but at the same time, yeah. it's it's really you know getting into orbits. Not you know, every once in a while, somebody say, "What you got? Do you have people? Is it a crew?" And it's like, "No, no, no, no. That would be all. That'd be a whole you know forty-seven new levels of complexity." And, it's uh, just the, the money that goes the, along with it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so, but even then, it's it's. I don't want to say it's off the shelf, but they're looking at SpaceX as the as the as the launch vehicle of choice. A company called SpaceWorks as the fabricator for the craft of cho- of choice. That's that's who we've talked to. And, yeah, have uh, they actually managed to land that yet, SpaceX? Or because they're they're out in the middle of the sea somewhere, aren't they? Yeah. Well, I mean, the booster itself. What they're trying to do is go the whole new paradigm of. You know, the space shuttle was designed with the with the uh, boosters and all to recover, like the refuelable main tank, and that was designed just to land the ocean. What they're trying to do is not only just recover the launch pieces, the launch rocket pieces, but get them to la- self land, like some '50s sci-fi movie where the thing comes down as a tall rocket on fins. Mm, mm. And and everybody's watching this, and they're doing it very bravely with a camera on it in front of the whole world. So yeah, don't think oh this horrible thing's a failure. They're going to get there and do it. They're oh just, yeah, they will. They will. The just... I just want to make sure everybody understands when they hear about that. They're pushing the envelope to do, you know, what no recoverable booster rocket has gone before, and actually come back like a robot and land if, if without even it. Just it was one thing just to get the get them to fall in the ocean. Well, not a huge thing, but I mean it was one thing to think about. Oh, let's recover those, but we have to go out and get them. And if we can just you know put a little engine, a little more. You know, robot guts on it, uh, brain on it, and say no, come back and land yourself. That would just be awesome. So, oh, at so the that's, moment, that's blow all. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you're going to land on a ship top or something, you know, that's you're going to have a little damage. I mean, that's the risk. But if once you get that perfected, yeah, you know, yeah, it's, like, it's a step forward, isn't it? I mean, even even to then pass that technology on, right? It's it, it's just going to be much better if again working together with it. But yeah, SpaceX, I've got my own thoughts as to if it's going to work um but it's it's time isn't it it's time they'll, they'll get there and it's maybe a couple of years time i'll, I'll be my words so yeah hopefully yes yes you will and i'll be there to enjoy every minute of it. <laughs> you should make a bet then <laughs> so in, in terms of the project then johnny t- t- tell me where we are at the at this current stage uh how far forward are the are the, are the projects and everything else I was going to say, Johnny, talk, you're a little more up than I am because I've had my head low the last two or three weeks at cons and things. But we've got – what can we say about the partners we've got coming along and and all that or even tease about it? 
we have some great partnerships coming up with some aerospace companies and and you guys actually caught us at a really exciting time for enterprise in space because we have we just finished the ISDC, which is the International Space Development Conference in Canada, where Buzz Aldrin was. So we have all this great material that we're about to release, all these awesome stories. Um, Larry just shot a video with Nichelle Nichols. So we have a little bit of uh, Nichelle, bless her heart, talking about Enterprise in Space. Um, we just finished uh, a few months ago our uh, ship design contest process so now we have yes, the orbiter yes. we actually mm -hmm. have the orbiter to put on our images so people can actually see what we're going to be flying so we're it's, much further in the process than where we were when we just launched the website yep, and yep. told everybody about this so some of the things we have coming up are some conventions we're going to be putting out a patch design contest and a bunch of awesome stuff that wraps into all these cool things that we're about to release to the public Yep. I mean, pretty soon really... at the cons, I'm out. Uh, we'll have a model of the of the orbiter to have at the table. So I was going to say you were quite lucky to get a game designer. Think you know what? I'm going to go ahead to do this and and really go for it. But there were there was some stiff competition there. I quit looked at it all, looked at all of the designs that a lot of people came up with. And uh, I, in fairness, I do like the winners. It, it actually looks like a, a runabout from like a captain's yacht or something like that. It, it, it looks. I really like it. <laughs> it's a really well, tough competition, wasn't it? There was a lot of very good designs in there and you know the i think you know because it was a public public vote wasn't it and well it yes. was it, it was two rounds we had a public vote and then we had a board of you know tobias richter was one name you guys might know um cg artist and and several others but it was also you know sean and the guiding thing that everyone kind of signed on with was that they wanted it to be sci-fi inspired so it was imaginative and creative but it also had to be practical so it could hold because we literally yeah, want to put the hundred build this, this huge but not as a limiting thing. Yeah, with the understanding that Fred and the engineering, you know, adapters would adapt things in the design. So they were really encouraging the designers to go all out there. And if you look at the entrance, that's just what we had. You had to be eighteen or older, and we had one that we loved. It was by two girls from Romania that were under eighteen, and we just we had to enforce the age thing. But we were thrilled that they had entered and. And really, if we'd been able to have it later in the pro – because this is a five-year deal, guys, if we didn't say that. you know, This can take a while to do this, the fundraising yeah, and sure all the right. building and the, and the running the, the education contest to get the projects in. And it would have been great if we had had the contest a little later just because more people would have been aware. We would have had more entries and more diversity. But we had to have it up you – know, it was kind of front-loaded. But having said that, the entries we got were amazing and outstanding from everyone from engineers to – Art, you know, space artists and engineers and the, the whole spectrum. And you can, and you can, and everybody is starting with Sean. Everybody wanted to, to be truly open, and so you'll see some entries there that are not quite as sophisticated as the others, but <laughs> yeah. thought it was very important to have to, you know, say, hey, everybody, please, just like we're saying on the crowdfunding, as we're saying on the science, you know, coming in the project submissions on the, you know, as Johnny said, the the contests that are still to come. Uh, hey, everybody be a part of this because it's really not just about one narrow slice. We need everybody involved in supporting and volunteer. We haven't talked about volunteering yet, but all that. So, I, yeah. always, I, I always segue this project with our five-year mission. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wanted to ask, actually, um, you said – I think, Larry, you said earlier that the – I think the target was, was it $2 million to, to fundraise? Can I ask like, sort of how much has been raised so far? It's not that much comparatively because we've um, 
been going and it's been kind of quiet. And Johnny could tell you this, but we're also we're, we're looking at it being crowdfunded. We're also going over you know big donors and big sources like corporations yeah. and nonprofits and all that. Uh, Rod Roddenberry has given us a gift, a, a substantial gift to start off with. Um, out of the gate, and we're working. That's what's also been exciting. When 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 Johnny, I don't, I'll shut up here in a second. But when Johnny mentioned the ISDC a while ago, I that's the International Space Devil. I was going to say that's like the San Diego Comic Con or the Vegas Trek of the space industry world, right. of the technical going into the future, the military, the technological, the aerospace, uh, the cultural, you know, ends of things. And um, that's why it was so important to be there. And we actually launched. Uh, and a, 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 we have a new video that's coming out, but we had the updated video and a big presentation there and got just a ton of interest that we're madly working on now following up with. And here in the next two or three months, we hope we'll have some more exciting news of results from all those you know, connections and things coming. But, um, but yeah, Johnny. Have you guys seen some of the awesome endorsements that we have for this project? I saw that um, Buzz Aldrin's just come onto the the project as well. Yeah, so. yeah, Buzz Aldrin, and then of course um, Rod Roddenberry. I mean yep. Walter Koning, um, Grace Lee Whitney. You know John Billingsley. I love John Billingsley. <laughs> and, then oh, recently, and then yep. more recently Manu, and then um, Chief O'Brien's daughter. Oh right. Okay. Oh um, yes, well, Hannah. That you guys probably met at a destination, right? We had a, we, well, we we managed to talk with um, actually. Start again. <laughs> no, we we got a chat. We got a chance to to ask questions to Cole Meany in while he was doing interviews and stuff like that. But we didn't get a chance yeah. to talk to the, um, his character's daughter. Yeah, I was going to say it's actually Hannah Hatte who was at, at destination. That's who it. that was her first convention. She'd oh, kind of it? been out of thing. Yeah, she hadn't really been at some. You know, she's actually for one thing, she's old enough now, but. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but no, she's really excited, and she she did. Uh, Johnny mentioned Grace Lee. Obviously, that was you know Grace Lee died suddenly. It was very sad. She was it was like a, a anesthetic for oral surgery, you know, and she, and something went wrong somehow. Oh, she, that was you know she did not she was not in bad health. I mean she was in her eighties, but we were thrilled. To, she was early. I mean I think Buzz was like one of the first ones we had on the page. But Grace Lee, we've had up early on. Um, Nichelle, we just got. I was Walter, say we you just had. Yeah. You mentioned Nichelle earlier. Yeah. 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 And more coming. Like I said, we kind of rolled this out over the winter. And as we get through, and we've had a lot of people tell us and tell me, tell Johnny verbally that they want to, you know, say, uh, yeah, because there's a lot of Trek people who are, who are big sponsors and who are um, big backers of, you know, real space and have done things in the past. Bob Picardo and Tim Russ. Yeah, and wanna, we could go on yeah, and on. I don't want to yeah. give away too. I don't want to give away too much because we're going to have so much awesome stuff coming out. I'm super, super excited about the next two months and then yeah, the personal we'll... appearances that we're going to be having. Um, but let's talk about the the conventions that we'll be coming up to. If you want to give those a few mentions. Yeah. Uh, so everywhere I go, large or small, um, I'm going to hopefully have at least a pa- – I know San Diego Comic-Con, I'm going to have to wedge it into my main panel but I have a tabletop for a couple of a couple of uh, stints in San Diego among the madness. That's only 180, 200,000 people there. You know, you're just lucky to have a claw hold. <laughs> um, but uh, but at Vegas Trek in August. But um, I just got, I think I can say this now, uh, invited to Salt Lake Comic Con, which is now the third largest con in the country, 
um, at the end of September, and I'll have a dedicated panel there and have some time. Um, back home in Oklahoma at SoonerCon at the end of June, which is actually my next con, uh, and our local – here's the thing, guys, I haven't mentioned this either. Uh, Enterprise in Space is a great idea. Sean and the team were going to have it go one way or the other, but it was a big boon when we went in, formalized a pitch, and were accepted as a project and sponsored by the National Space Society, which oh, yeah. uh, is one of the oldest uh, is one of is the oldest uh, you know organization civilian lobbying for government funding supporting civilian space um, getting into space getting. The, the public at large, you're like slapped around and ready to get into space. Like, hey, let's get on with this. Let's move it. This is where we're going kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, they and the Planetary Society have both been around for a long time. But it was uh, the NSS, National Space Society. Gene was – Gene Roddenberry was on the Board of Governors in the 70s and 80s. Majel was on the Board of Governors more recently. So there's been a natural uh, Star Trek Roddenberry Again, tie there, but lots of science fiction people from the in entertainment currently on the board. Um, Johnny, you refreshed me, but I think I think Tom Hanks is on the board now. Oh, okay. uh, some yeah, oh. so the board of advisors, you know. Yeah. So the celebrities who are lending their name and say, "Hey, I endorse this. This is a good thing," and and that's the kind of people we have on our our board of advisors uh, and our endorsement page too. But um, we're just very lucky, and that was all happening right as I came aboard. The big focus was. Passing muster with them because if they were going to take us on in name, you know, and frankly in risk, um, they wanted to make sure that it was all vetted. And we have several crossover people uh, from the NSS. I mentioned Alice Hoffman, project manager. She's on the NSS board, um, and Lynn's, Lynn is uh, is their PR person, and and uh, we work with like their treasurer and their you know their their um, yeah. Bruce Pittman's their CEO. I think the title's right. So anyway, so we thank them for you know taking it under the wing, and and even saying National Space Society, it's really international, and it also reflects the EIS. There's chapters of the NSS in other countries too, and and we're we've already reached out to the Canada. The ISDC was in Toronto, so we've reached out to the Canadian Space um, Agency, uh, and and in, you know the other ones that are around the that are civilian around the world too, because again, it's it's going to be as global as we can make it, and. Um, and as soon as some of the you know the funding hits there that we can get in, we're they're planning it now with our awesome education people. But um, you know, yeah. So I'm pretty sure you, I'm pretty sure you guys have heard that we're gonna put like a hundred plus student experiments in there. But I get I'm my, pretty sure you guys. I'm pro, I'm probably sure you guys haven't recognized or seen that we're planning on putting an artificial intelligence system in there close to yes. the Star Trek. Yes. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, actually, in fairness, one of my questions is going to be about some of the projects. But, yeah, I'll, I'll go on about the artificial intelligence because that's far more important at the moment. <laughs> yeah, that's so, Enterprise you, Mine, uh, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. I think. Um, so a huge yeah. aspect of this, of this project is education because we really, you know, we didn't want to just do this for a huge stunt or just because the love of Star yep. Trek. We yep. wanted to use it as an inspirational tool to inspire these young kids and people alike to get inspired and to like pay attention to space stuff because that is really, really important. And so we're really, really utilizing this as an educational tool. And with the education department head, Lynn Zielinski, she's like the two-time Goddard Space Memorial winner. <laughs> she is like our education. She's like the education rock star in the mm -hmm. NASA world of things. And so yep. 
it is a absolute pleasure to have her leading this huge education package that we have that's tied into this project and it's um hold on one second i apologize (laughs) technical difficulties q in the mission Pizza this early in the day. Wow, Johnny. I just, uh, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Sorry, it's my, I'm surprised you didn't hear my Star Trek noises from my text. I forgot to mute my phone, but sitting here next to the microphone. How <laughs> amateur. Amateur. Don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> All you do is just say, come. And then, you know, okay. <laughs> Answer your doorbell. I- I love that's actually the my text message is the door chime for next generation. So uh-huh. Uh-huh. when I'm in a, when I'm in a large crowd of people and my text message goes off and someone turns to me and they're like, "Come in," I just I, I love, love you, it. I absolutely I love that. When you whenever you you meet another fan but you don't realize you're meeting another fan, it's just brilliant. You, only by doing like when Simon because um, size email has got seventeen oh is it seventeen oh one or seventeen oh three. Oh, one, you muppet. Oh, one. Well, I was right the f- when I was thinking about it. Um, yeah, 1701 like in it. And I remember you telling me about how you, uh, you, you you register with stuff. And then people were like, even on the telephone would mention it. And, oh, you're a Star Trek fan. <laughs> Brilliant. I love the subtle stuff. I love the subtle stuff. Much more than the huge screaming in your face stuff. Because then you really know. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, Johnny, you were talking about... Uh, <laughs> The education, the educa- yeah, yeah. <laughs> education. Back to that. So these these students these students are going to be able to interact with the artificial intelligence to ask about the parameters of their experiments, whether it be something from temperature or um, something of that degree. It's going to be an amazing, amazing. No pun intended. Yeah, it's going to be an amazing addition to the project. <laughs> So tell me about some of the – can you tell us about some of the science projects that are actually on board or are they yet to be sort of revealed? See, that's the great thing. Another one of the um, another one of the things that we're going to do is hold a contest for these students to submit mm-hmm. to us what kind of experiments they would put on. And so, Oh, so you haven't got any yet. They're, they're still yeah, in and, that and, stage. And so we're doing that like an, as an equal ground thing, kind of like Gene Roddenberry's vision of everyone being equal. We want to give every school, whether it be a rich school or a poor school or a middle school, the same opportunity for their students to submit these experiments. And we'll pick out of the best of those, and those are the student experiments that will get installed on the orbiter. What, what sort of ones are you looking for? Are you looking for stuff like, I don't know, how does, uh, I don't know, not, not, not obviously this, but how does a rabbit, you know... <laughs> be okay in zero gravity obviously not that but that's the only thing that came to head <laughs> oh, yeah, we, that sort of thing or is there any sort of criteria what you're looking for or? there will oh, be my stars and whiskers i mean i just flashed on shore leave there for a second but okay oh no we can't fly animals or vertebrates and of course there'll be parameters <laughs> that we can put out and little suggestions but anything from like if to tomato seeds sprout faster in space to what um paint dispersion looks like on a canvas small canvas or any it it could be a magnitude of different things and that's the that's really kind of like the fun thing for the education department to have um they can go anywhere with it they could really really run with that because that's you know dealing with the students and uh, it could be an experiments with crayons or some kind of crayon material or crayon flakes how things react with each other in a liquid so um, it could be a magnitude of awesome different things, and the kids will come up with things that you know you, you kind of like raise your eyebrow, but then you're like, hey, you, know, you find out discoveries that way. So um, it's it, the education department is is having an amazing time with this. So 
Well, that's yeah. that's, that's, that's kind of what I said earlier. There's two axes here. One of it is the fact that it was the intention, and everybody's on board with this. And Lynn's been a big proponent too. Of it's really going to be kindergarten kids through what you think traditionally, like more you know college and post grad. So you've got the simpler to the complex, although they'll be all be interesting. And then also the emphasis, as somebody said one time, not just for the science geeks, it'll really be STEAM, science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. So there'll be this variety of things. And, um, and But that's the student. And we do have like the E-Mind that we've barely touched on here, which is awesome. And by the way, who were going and had named it Enterprise Mind before they ever found out about us. So yeah, Lynn, they were Lynn already has... thinking about uh, Majel's computer. But we've got uh, one or two or three people who want to who are who are grownups <clears throat> or near grownups who want to demonstrate something to show proof of concept, but they can't get it on something. You know, they can't get it on a uh, a government or another private thing because it hasn't been tested. They're in a catch twenty two. So they got it. They want to prove it. So we're we're turning out to be a nice platform for them right, okay. to do so a proof even, yeah, of concept. So, oh yes, it does work. And the e mind is, it's, it's even the e mind is more than that because you can, they can obviously show that it's it's working. But it's going to be integrated for you know rocket control and for a vocal interface for the kid. Hopefully, it will be more on the major Elcar side and not so much the you know. Hal nine thousand, <laughs> <laughs> but it is it, you know it is not just a Siri. It's going to be it's a thinking, learning, um, you know, cognitive. They call it cognitive computing. Yeah, that's quite it's quite interesting. That is. I mean, yeah. we're going to bring that inter- interaction down to our website for keep for mm-hmm. the, for the public to interact with the artificial intelligence as well. Oh wow! Yeah. But we're also going to be testing – there's various kinds of re- – and, and again, this is going to re-enter. It's not going to burn up. It's not going to be space mm. junk. It'll come back. Mm. And um, the one thing I did not mention is you know, I said um, Sean's original line about, hey, it's not a Kickstarter. We want it to be democratically you know, grassroots funded, and the original line was, uh, hey, $20 from 2 million people. What's the big deal? You know, um, But – but with that, you do get something. It's not a Kickstarter where, oh, what's the level I'm at? What's my rewards? Yeah. Well, the reward is being part of this. But more tangibly, aside from the little certificate you can print out when you make your donation at the site, um, is your name. This is why we call it the virtual crew. Your name goes on a chip that will fly. So when it comes back and goes on tour and then goes in permanent display – uh, at a major science museum, you can say that you were in the crew, the virtual crew, but you were in the crew of the first real enterprise in space. Wow. Now, isn't that – but have it be where everybody can do it. Everybody can reach that. You know, yeah. Yeah. There's, no, there's no, well, you need to be an astronaut of XYZ or you need to be an X amount of millionaire to get your name on something. Everyone can. Because yeah, part of the part of the yeah part of the future looking thing of this is like every wave of exploration, the military guys and the scouts, you know, the trained the the lonely guys went first, but after that you had the farmers and the businessmen and the school teachers and you know eventually the whole point of the exploration was so that everybody could be there and eventually yeah. that's what space will be so. 
And you know, we've had... a lot of the a lot of the astronauts now are actually all for going back to where we were talking about Mars. You know, a lot of the astronauts that are going to mm-hmm. go there aren't actually yet born. So we've got to inspire the generation somehow. Right. That's but what Buzz's uh, thing, his project is get your is it get your butt to get your ass to Mars, get your butt to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right in understanding going back to the projects that with the project of the science competitions you have in the schools over in America? That if a child wins, they have to put the costs for getting up in orbit? Oh, thank you so much for mentioning that. One thing about this project that also I find is amazing is that when the students win the competition, they do not have to pay to put that project on the orbiter. As opposed to a lot of these science projects where, congratulations, you win. Your project's going to be on the space shuttle when it launches. But you had to pay $38,000 to make it happen. Hmm. You don't really yeah. want that. So, yeah. so the students will not be paying to put their experiments on this project. And that's part of what the $20 donation is about. Yeah. Is yeah. a $20 donation, flies your name, it gets displayed with the orbiter on tour, it gets displayed on permanent display at the museum, but that $20 is also helping fund those student experiments, getting yeah. installed yeah. in the grand scale of things. And we've had a huge response with people donating $20, but moreover, what really excites me is seeing people donate $20 for people like their deceased mothers and myself. I, I, I donated tw- an extra $20, you know, because of course I'm flying my name for 20 bucks, but mm-hmm. I wanted to fly my, my grandmother who passed away, who was a huge Star Trek fan. I donated a gifted her name for 20 bucks to fly her on the orbiter as well. And so a lot of people have been doing that, gifting their deceased loved ones or their brothers or their mm-hmm. son's names mm-hmm. to fly and be part of this project. And so people are just really loving this. And we're starting to get more and more out of the scope of Star Trek and people to see this project for what it is and start to pay attention. But it's people being able to, not nothing to do with the vanity or anything like that, but it's being able to put their name into the history books. And, and actually, but it's actually... The idea of it being a gift for somebody who you've lost, or someone else, or someone who's alive at the moment, hopefully alive at the moment, but a, <laughs> but a gift is actually a really nice idea. I hadn't right. thought about that. Yeah, yeah really memorial, memorials or uh, people. I had a guy in Salt Lake City. He's going to put his whole family in his, you know, adults and kids. But yeah, it's it's um, uh, it's people that want to be part of that. Just to, that's that's why we didn't get into a whole. Oh, do you want to come in at the twenty dollar level or the hundred dollar level or the? You know, if you want to give, you know, I should say, hey, if you want to do more than twenty, please do. It. And, if, and if you give a substantial amount, please don't just. I mean, we'll find you, but please don't just do it quietly unless you just want to be that way. I mean, let's yeah. let's let's talk about you know something else, but. Um, and if you really want to be a substantial donor out there, please, you know, get in touch <laughs> with us and we'll we'll do it yes, upright. Yeah, but you do realize yeah. we're filming you putting your hands together and rubbing, yeah? Right, right. <laughs> and the other thing we should mention, too, in line with all of this, with the education outreach, with people donating their money uh, to be a virtual crew member, the other thing that's crucial is our, our volunteer army that we need. Right, Johnny? Yes. Yes, so volunteers to keep their eyes open for conventions we might be able to go to or, or help us at conventions that we're going to. And we actually have a volunteer section on our website for people to submit what they're interested in helping us. Um, so let's say, helping us do and, we can, and we what level. Say, you know, you should, come, you should come along and have a look <laughs> at this sort of thing. Well, here's the thing. We, need, we can use everybody from people who 
can go talk to a local you know we're not just talking about sci-fi conventions we're talking about uh you know like astronomy clubs and real space groups uh, we're talking about uh trade shows where science is part of that we're talking about all the teacher con- we're talking about all the science conferences and uh for teachers we're talking about general teacher you know conferences and conventions anybody who wants to do you know the local school teachers who we're going to have uh, this you know, uh, have this part of their classroom. We're going to have curricular materials that our group, our education department is going to prepare. It's backup for the contest, but it's also you know, teachers just appreciate having any good resources they can use. And of course, whatever the standards are, you know, um, they'll be up to that. So it's something they can integrate into their lesson plans, whatever, you know, it's different from state to state and country to country. But just have some really rock solid. Uh, material that adds in in a way that's getting it that kind of opens the expansion and horizon and as and Lynn and Sean say a lot it's not just the science geek kids who are able no, to participate you know you want to reach out to as many people as you can right right and 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 hopefully not just the teachers in the classrooms and their students but also the students parents you know the groups like that the PTAs the whatever the parent here in the states anyway um, that's what it's called but beyond that volunteers who don't only like maybe maybe they don't maybe they're not good with people or they don't want to talk in public we're thrilled to have people just to go hey there's a convention or there's an event um hey there's a huge football game and i'm going to stand out front with flyers and just hand out flyers and not open my mouth at all you know <laughs> much less hey i can take a stack of flyers to the freebie table at the doodah con here in my town you know and i'll put <laughs> these freebie flyers on the freebie table you know what i'm saying yeah. All the way up to, hello, I'm an attorney, I'm an artist, I'm a marketing person, I do social media, I do you know, X, and I would love to help you guys out on a big scale, you know, like nationally or internationally. Or I'm, I, do, I live in India, I live in China, I live in the UK, I live in Germany, I live in Italy, I live in Brazil, I live in Mexico, I live in you – know, wherever they are around the world – I, I'm, it'd be wonderful to have you know at least one person for a country of several hundred million, but yeah. but um, if not more, but you know like all those ways, all those we the, the amount of ways that everybody can contribute and be a part is just um, uh, astronomical, as they say. Yeah. Well, so I actually wanted to ask you, Johnny, um, if it's possible. Was um, I noticed on your biography that you did some work for NASA? Could you maybe tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's it's secret. I can't talk. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) What I do, what I do with NASA is a lot of interviews with astronauts and and space education for kids. So basically what I like to do is be that buffer between the kids asking a question and the astronauts who are really able and loving to ask answer those questions for the kids. So, yeah. You know, a lot of interviews, recording questions from kids about you know life on the International Space Station from current missions that are going on, and um, it comes out beautifully. And you know, we, I take questions from followers on the NASA page that I do, and um, tie that all into interviews. And we usually do the interviews in Building Nine at the ISF, ISS mock-up facility here at the Johnson Space Center, um, and so that's always really cool backdrop to have. You know, shooting those videos. I'm ISS being the International Space Station. <laughs> just, just making sure we don't get acronym crazy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you know how NASA is with acronyms. Yeah. 
It's yeah. almost as if NASA itself was an acronym. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, he's he's there. Johnny was. I was very fortunate when I came out for a uh, for a Con of Wrath shoot last time. Since you know the Con of Wrath, ironically, the Con of Wrath happened in Houston. The ultimate fantasy that my documentary is about happened in Houston. So I. <laughs> The last four or five years, I've gotten to be very familiar with Houston. But this last trip, uh, Neil Halford, my DP, our uh, cameraman, and I, Johnny, was very gracious and hosted us and got us into a VIP tour and um, got to go. You guys, there is nothing. All the new slick stuff is amazing, and I, you know, and and it's great, and it's 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 funky though to still to see and look down and see all the controllers on the different missions and people working and all they do they just have their laptops opened up you know at their station <laughs> or maybe yeah. it's their work laptop because for me the part that sucks your your breath away is to walk in the historic uh you know Houston control room with the with the uh the famous with the industrial green yes yes the famous room where all the from Late Mercury, or no, actually the second Gemini flight onward through midway through the shuttle program or early in the shuttles. But all the iconic Gemini and Apollo, you know, and in between missions were, and if, you know, if you're watching Apollo 13, uh, that room, and uh, it's just, and, and seeing things on the wall, seeing Mike Kuda's memorial graphics in the corner now that have a more recent addition. But it's a national historic site. Actually, that room is there, and they haven't touched it. And it just – I wasn't ready for how it made me just go, oh, my God, and just stop me in my tracks. And um, uh, it's, it's yeah, when, just when, such an iconic thing. Yeah. When I found out Larry was coming to Houston, I was like, all right, uh, you have to find time to let me grab you and take you on a, tour, a VIP tour of NASA and let you see some – You know, it just kind of like you've seen the movies. You know the history. You know, We've all lived and been part of – what NASA has done and you go there and it's like, it really, you're able to touch that stuff and see the history and like smell the, you know, like it, it just, it's a total tactile sensations that you, it just, it's so much to soak in and it's just so awesome. So I could see like the joy and glee in Larry's eyes. It was really cool. And, you know, so I took him on a tour at NASA. And then after that we went over, uh, my friends have a company called Starfleet Yachts. Um, <laughs> Right. <laughs> and so I took we jumped on, we jumped on a little lot a little yacht and we uh, took a little tour around the bay here and uh, wasn't that the star wasn't that the stargazer? Yes, it was the star. <laughs> it was a, and so I was like, you know what, Larry, I think you'll get a kick out of this, but we're gonna go over to Starfleet yachts now. And he's like, do what? <laughs> what was really weird was when we were on the stargazer, we almost ran into this boat that had these little orange guys on it, but I never knew who they were. Um, that was strange. <laughs> oh, come on, guys. The battle, next generation, Ferengi, first contact on the Stargazer Picard. Come on. Did I go too oh, did I go too in depth for you? Okay. Yeah, no, a little bit too no, in depth. No. Uh, okay. We didn't no, admit it though. <laughs> I just, no, that was that was pretty well. What? I just wanted to know what was the question ratio between the two of you? Was it kind of Larry asking Nass the question, then you had Johnny asking a Star Trek question back or something? Was it just kind of? Oh no no no! It's pretty. <laughs> it's, we had a tour guide. That's the thing. I mean, Johnny got the tour together. We had a tour guide to ask, and of course, you guys know they're they're at Houston. Also, speaking of speaking of Star Trek, what a concept! Um, in the in the the private, but it's it's a partner with. Houston Control. I forget what's the Johnny. Tell me the exact name of the museum. It's the final resting place of the restored Galileo shuttle that was finally finished by someone 
the team, uh, and it's on display there. And then Star Trek Continues actually shot some scenes with it. They worked out, but the actual Ooh. filming, you know, the the guts. It's it's heavily restored, but the the metal Uh-oh. frame is standing there. And we took pictures at it. I think Johnny, it's his profile picture on his Facebook. But yeah, so um, if you go if you go to my Facebook page, you know, Facebook slash Johnny Stevers, and I think it is something like that. You'll see the Galileo. That it's it's actually Space Center Houston. Um, yes, the, the visiting space part, space you know, the, the nonprofit visiting public side, um, Space Center Houston, and they have the Galileo from you know TOS. And I was like, yeah, Larry, it was it was perfect for us to see. It was just like, bring Larry to NASA. There's a you know a Star Trek uh, shuttlecraft there. It was just like ah, perfect, perfect. Let's get pictures. Move, move the ropes. Move the ropes. <laughs> perfect, 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 perfect. I I don't know if you guys knew this, but when the when the four American space shuttles, the four NASA space shuttles were all retired. There was this huge <laughs> political thing about uh, where they were going to go for their final resting spots. And like they sent one to – one's in LA, which is, which is kind of the birthplace of the shuttle with the aerospace industry here in JPL in Pasadena. So there's one at the Science Center here in LA. There's one in New York. I forget where the other two are, but amazingly, the place you would think there would be a shuttle would be Houston. So and they one's at um, the Smithsonian, and that's Discovery. Right, that's right. One's the Smithsonian. I think there's one in the New York area. There's one in L.A. and there's one somewhere else. Maybe Florida. I'm not sure. But all I know is that Houston got left out in the cold, and it's almost like they went fine. If we're not going to get a, a NASA space shuttle, we'll get the next best thing, and we'll get the <laughs> shuttlecraft from Star Trek. We'll get the Galileo. It's it's just kind of a you know karmic there, but it is it's it's awesome to see it. It's beautiful, um, and you know it's it's there's some real you know there's real craft there, and there's a lot of displays. and, and Space Center Houston is an awesome place to be in, and a lot of interactive stuff, and you know kids and, and all actual displays, uh, you know artifacts. But uh, yeah, you can't. You, it's just you just walk in. You go, oh my god, it's the Galileo. Uh, for those who didn't know, and um, so that was that was a perfect other little bit to the day too. But uh, Johnny was a great host. We were in Houston, and hopefully we'll we'll get back again sometime and and do it again. You can never yeah. go in Mission Control. To, they have guys. There's a you know Apollo 13. Okay, so it's been immortalized in the movie with Tom Hanks and and all <clears throat> and. Uh, there's a moment – the last thing they did before they left the lunar module, which had been their lifeboat, which they had to a jettison, was they grabbed a, the mirror out of it. And the mirror – and then after they got back and safely and all, the Apollo 13 crew gave the little mirror from the – like their shaving mirror. You know, They weren't getting duded up to go out, uh, but their sh- basically their shaving mirror or whatever they needed a close-up mirror for. They gave it to Houston, and they've got it mounted in a little frame right above, right above the water fountain, you know, the drinking fountain, in um, in the room. Which I say drinking fountain, that almost sounds as dated now as the Apollo program. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's just another. You're you you're leaving the room, and you go, oh wow, it's a water fountain. Okay, I'll get a drink of water, and you look up, and there's the the mirror from the limb, from the limb of Apollo 13 that they grabbed before they left it. It's just it's just. Um, yeah, everybody has yeah, to take a turn. Things like that are cool. Everybody has to take yeah. a turn sitting at the at the uh, project director's you know uh, seat, um, you know where Gene uh, Krantz and all of his you know successors sat, and it's just uh, not Ed Harris, but the real Gene Krantz. <laughs> and uh, anyway, it's just amazing. So thank you again, Johnny. And um, oh no, uh, I think we're yeah. gonna do a re- we're gonna do a repeat here in July when I when I bring you down for the Space City Comic Con, July twenty fourth through the twenty sixth. Okay, we can say it. We can say that officially. I didn't know if 
we were yeah. really, really, really there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you down for that, and um, so I think we'll have a, we'll do a little NASA tour and a little NASA repeat when we have fun after we have fun doing our Enterprise and space stuff. Okay, so oh, there you go, another Enterprise in space appearance and appearance by me at the <laughs> Space City Con in Houston the last weekend of July, midway between Comic Con San Diego and Vegas Trek. So. To no, not a lot on then. <laughs> now, uh, the only other thing I wanted to ask as to whether you've come across any negativity, uh, maybe in the early years or when you started, it, or people thinking, ah, you're never going to get anywhere. I'm not going to endorse that. I mean, has there, has there been any negative stuff or has it all been pretty positive? You go first, Johnny. You know, we have uh, approached some big people that said, wow, this is so much for me to take in. Why don't you come back to me in a little bit and I'll look at it again. And so we've done that with some people. And then, we're, you know, we're very proud to say we've that's how we've gotten a lot of our endorsements and Rod, Roddenberry's endorsement. And the project is just like we never would have imagined that artificial intelligence would have been part of this. You know, that was a partnership that came later after we launched so to answer your question yes but we have gone back to a lot of those people that have made themselves part of this just it's i say multifaceted project yes cool yeah that that's the only thing everybody loves the idea they love the inspiration whether they come from star trek or sci-fi or real space or wherever they come from or whether they were um a kid now, or they grew up dropping everything to come running in the house to watch the early launches, you know, go off, and 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 wishes to get back to that excitement. I mean, the space shuttle's whole point was to show space could be not routine. Heaven forbid, we lost two crews, but could be more regular. Yeah, and that's wonderful. But the, there's a little bit of the pioneering, you know, excitement that you you necessarily lose with that. So. Just to remind everybody that you know, the next time we when we start getting you know going on to Mars, or all these you know we start putting humans, I think especially it's it's exciting to see when the Viking landed on Mars and now when the rovers are on Mars, um, those are all exciting too because it's almost like it's one step, it's it's one more what personification of a human being there than just a flyby satellite taking pictures, which is amazing to begin with too, so all those like that whole spectrum of experience. Is something, but but part of that was bringing back that um, part of EI Enterprise in Space is bringing back that excitement back to people. So everyone is excited about it, but it's the the reality of the oh, this is a pretty big price tag, and like everybody is always a little reluctant with money. And I know coming from uh, not just Star Trek, but the arts field, you know, people are used to Kickstarters that have, even though it's going up, people are used to Kickstarters with twenty thousand, fifty thousand, hundred thousand. You know, or maybe they surpass it and they make close to a million dollars on their Kickstarter. But to say, "Wow, really, forty million? Like, are you guys crazy? Yeah. <laughs> this is a great, cool idea." And and that's a hurdle sometimes to overcome too. And that's I never I never like to start off talking about the money in it because it, people's eyes kind of glaze over, especially yeah. when they're used to just routine Kickstarters. But we are talking about a space mission, and we are talking about yeah, cooperative not... partners. Who have already cut their prices down lower, and we're talking about something that within five years the price may come down even more. You know, uh, the technology. We didn't even mention the fact that we may be testing the reentry technology, uh, not just the blunt. You know, you think of uh, before the shuttle, which had its tiles. We had just the blunt, you know, Mercury, Gemini, Apollo capsule heat shield on the back. You know, and you had to turn your butt in to Earth 
and and for that that was for all the ceramic was to guard against the friction from reentry through the atmosphere and how this might be a totally different it might be a like dipped in chocolate kind of uh <laughs> kind of a heat shield or it might be a uh a it's a, a, not a parachute, a balloon. What is it called? Where they? It's a combination balloon parachute, like we've used on some of the vehicles landing on other planets, on the moon and on Mars. Right. A balloon. A balloon. I knew I was putting them together wrong. Yeah. So that's the exciting thing. But it's the if there's you know no one no one goes. That's a crazy idea. What do you want to go to space for? We're we're past that. We're even past the whole thing of, you know, in the seventies when the moon the last three moon landings were cut. And they got on with the space shuttle, and the space shuttle was kind of cheapened down. The whole thing was like, we need to stop spending this money in space and spend it here on the ground where we need to. Well, we finally got it across to people. The old thing about every dollar spent on the space program gave back, what is it, $8 or $22 or something in, in residual benefit. It was the best investment, and, it, and we weren't killing people. You know, it wasn't like war used to be the best engine of innovation and change. Was it was so great say, that yeah, the space it, program was. So we don't have to fight that. Most people, we don't have to fight that battle about invest in space and you're investing in technology. People get that now. It's just the only thing about ES, EIS that stops people a little bit is the cost. And we're gonna, we've got people where cost is no option that we're working on talking. But even so, it's also that wide appeal of, hey – we're back to the hey, two million people give twenty bucks or fifteen pounds or whatever it is, and um, and we're there. And 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 the more people hear and find out about it, and hopefully with some big time partners, we'll have come aboard too. Um, you so know, we won't even be thinking about that. So, where, so where can people find you? Where 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 can our listeners go to? Where where can where can people sort of learn more? By all means, please like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash enterprise in space. Um, and then, of course, the central hub of all information would be our website at enterpriseinspace.org. And so after all, we are, we are you know, uh, part of the National Space Society and a nonprofit project. So donations to Enterprise in Space are actually tax deductible. For, for Americans. For Americans, <laughs> yeah. For Americans. Don't forget that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Do you, is there an equivalent to like being tax free in the in the UK? Uh, there's a there's a couple there's there's one equivalent where tax free if you you want to buy things like uh, sweets and stuff is tax free, <laughs> but there's not really a lot of uh, there 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 is a kind of ish. Um, I think. Under- I mean, like if charitable organizations don't have to, like if you make a donation oh, yeah, to a it, charitable what it, organization, yeah, what it what it is that you actually gift you, ha- you you give yeah thank you sir that's it's called a gift aid, so you they the government have to pay for it. Well, I was just saying uh, that for your, for your American audience listeners, because you know I personally love everything UK, so I'm sure you guys have a bunch of American <laughs> listeners. For sure. I know. Well, I know you guys are getting the podcast off the ground, but uh, but you'll have some Americans listening in. But that's yeah, that's a cool thing. And you know, we, we were emphasizing that before tax time, before April 15th here in the states, that you know, or or before the end of the year, if you needed end of the year, um, if you needed places to park money for a good cause. Uh, people that so there's there are people that wind up in a situation of I've got to do something with this money, uh, or I lose it, or it goes to the government. So uh, where can I what can I do good with it? So enterprise in space is a wonderful place to to do that if you're if you're of that mind. Of course, if you've got money to burn anyway, <laughs> and you're out there, it's a good place no matter where you live. So, uh, <laughs> send it this way. Send it. This Thank way. you guys. Yeah. Thank you guys for giving enterprise in space a little bit of time to. 
yes. talk about our project, and it's no, always nice coming to on board. Yeah, it's always nice to be around other Star Trek fans for sure. Yeah. Oh, uh, we do have a Twitter. Also, I was going to say Twitter. Uh, the Twitter is Enterprise Sat, as in satellite. So, yep. And again, no, we, all we... come up in our follow Friday things. So check them out and go via the at route. We'll check yeah, them out. We'll, um, we'll be sure route. to put our our podcast on um, when when we, when this when this episode goes live. Obviously, we'll, uh, we'll we'll link you guys up and let you have a copy of it as well. So uh, you can pass that on. Absolutely, and we'll put you on our on our uh, thank yous and partners and um, our media page too. So, oh, okay. thanks thank much. You. Yeah, so right, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Executive decision by yourself. I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think this finished. I think we're in there, aren't we? Because I think we've run out of time. Well, so, nothing it's... like getting to the end by saying we're at the end. <laughs> okay, we'll be we'll at the end. It. But no, like um, I think we speak for both of us. Thank you very much for uh, for coming on board. It's been a little long time. We will definitely have to have you both on again and uh, learn a little bit more. Maybe when when the project's a li- what, what sort of timescales have you got? What's when's the uh, what's the uh, sort of end date for you, or where's the sort of hopeful launch date? Or do you know yet? I think the hopeful launch date we're going for is 2016, if I'm not mistaken. No, no, 2019. 2019. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I need to add a little. Five year. Five-year mission, Johnny. That was your line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just turn that Sorry. six upside down. But no, I'm sure we'll we'll catch up closer to that point. But um, yeah. yeah, it's been really really and, good. It's really good to talk to you guys. Yeah, I may and maybe next time we can bring along Lynn or Fred or some of our other or or um, um, any of our other great team. Absolutely. I said we'd love. I said we'd love to have anyone on the side. <laughs> Alice, yeah, Alice or Haroon or uh, we've One got of the a edu- educators yeah. or engineers. Yeah. Hmm. Good, good. Well, hey, you guys have a great day. You too, yes. thank you. Thank you, you too. Much. Thanks for coming on. Thanks so much for having us on, and thanks for supporting EIS and all my Trekland stuff too, guys. Brilliant. Right, and as always, that's uh, that's been another edition of the Engage podcast. I've been Phil. I've been Jamie. And I've been Simon. And we'll be back soon. Bye. Well, thank you. Guys. Bye. See ya, bye. Right, perfect, guys. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was going to say, I like the way you do that. I've been Phil, but now I'm Caitlin. No, I know. I... <laughs> oh, Larry, Larry. I was just like, and the present tense is what? I, okay. <laughs> A little way of signing off.